there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Volume. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Inside the Garage podcast. I'm Kyle Hamilton, along with KJ Wallace, Connor Adigan, and Cam Hart. Today, we have a big, big-time guest. Um, Luke Keekley is in the house. He uh, is nice enough to come on and chat with us for a little bit. Appreciate you coming on, Luke. Yeah, man. Excited to be on. <laughs> for everybody that doesn't know who Luke Keekley is, one, you live under a rock. Two, let me, um, let me go down some accolades real quick. Ninth overall pick in the 2012 draft, seven-time pro-, pro bowler, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2013, NFL Rookie of the Year in 2012, Buckus 2011 in college and also in the NFL, ACC Defensive Player of the Year 2011, ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year 2009, and his college jersey number 40 is retired. Um, so he's at a, a <laughs> decent. Where was it retired at? Where was it retired? At a backup college. That's, that, is that what it is? Yeah, might log off right now. <laughs> so Boston College, obviously. So yeah, he's had a pretty decent. He's he's been okay um, throughout the sport. Um, he's been playing, but. Um, Luke, out of all these accomplishments, what do you think you're most proud of or your favorite one is? Oh, man. we So 2015 was probably the best year that we had in Carolina. We won, won 15-1. We won the, uh, the NFC Conference Championship, and that was, that was really cool. I think, you know, the individual awards are, are great and everything, and, but the team awards, I think, are what, what matters most because at the end of the day, everybody just wants to win games and win championships and you know, that year was special because we had a lot of really good guys and just the whole journey that year from training camp through the season and then in the playoffs, we had two home games and have the opportunity to play in front of the home crowd and win that NFC title was uh, was a lot of fun. Obviously, we came up a little bit short in Super Bowl, but 
that NFC championship was something that was really neat, not only for me and the guys in the team, but the, the city as well. You bring up the Super Bowl, just kind of touch on it for a little bit. We can circle back later. And obviously you're a very cerebral guy, kind of known for film study and knowing the offensive game plan, stuff like that. How hard was it game planning and playing against Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, you know, from the defense side of the ball, they, those guys, like, they're looking for everything that they can gather pre-snap. So any information that's available pre-snap, those guys those guys are grabbing, whether it's rotation, whether it's alignment. If a guy's cheating a blitz or stacking a blitzer, those guys are the king of picking that information up. So for us, for the two weeks leading up to that game, it was all about how can we disguise, how can we move late, how can we make it difficult and Peyton pre-snap? Because once he knows what's going on, he's he's Peyton Manning. A lot of times he can figure it out and get him into a, a play that's more beneficial to him. But for the most part, it's just – how can we disguise? How can we move late? How can we give him stuff that he hasn't seen already in the year to prepare for? So that's what makes it so difficult for those guys. And as you know, the timing and and their their understanding of the offense is, is so good that, you know, you just got to try to execute and do your job as best you can because for the most part, they have a pretty good clue of what's going on before the ball snap. This, this might be a little off topic, but like you're talking about game planning for Peyton Manning, but what? Obviously, when you game plan for people, you obviously understand their strengths and weaknesses. But like, what would you say Peyton Manning's weaknesses was? Oh, man. I mean, you know, there's there's different kinds of quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, you look at you look at guys like Peyton and Brady versus guys like, you know, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, and you know, then Lamar Jackson's like the, the, the extreme to that. But the one thing you always knew with guys like Peyton and Brady was – they want to stay in the pocket. So you mm. get a little bit more aggressive in your pass rush games, your third down blitzes, because, you know, you can win in different ways. And, and if the pocket breaks down, you can have a late loop bringing clean stuff up versus, you know, you play a guy like, you know, Lamar or Mahomes or Russ or, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers. You, you lose an edge on those guys. They can scramble out on the edge and, and make you pay because they have so much more space and time. But the one, the one good thing playing – a guy like Peyton is he wants to play from the pocket. He wants to stay in the pocket. So you can kind of, you can get a little more creative blitz wise, but I mean, the guys, those guys are so daggone good, man. The weaknesses are, are few and far between, but that's one of them. You know where they're going to be in the passing game. Kind of feels like I'm in a position group meeting right now. <laughs> learning a little bit right now, but um, now, so you grew up in Cincinnati, correct? Yes. Yep. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Midwestern guy, went to Boston College, obviously. Uh, kind of talk to us a little bit like your high school recruitment because you didn't have too many offers, right? Yes. When I was when I was coming out, man, I was I grew up and, you know, obviously in Cincinnati, Notre Dame is, is everywhere. So I was like, yeah, man, right. I get a chance to go to Notre Dame. And then they came to the high, they came to our, our high school a few times and they always looked. We had another guy they looked at um, and then we had two guys that both accepted offers you better in Notre Dame. So I was the guy that was left behind by Notre Dame that you guys didn't want me, man. So. <laughs> That's not <laughs> us. Not on us. But yeah, man. So I went to uh, I went to St. Xavier High School. It was a uh, it was an all boys private Jesuit school. Um we had a really good football program there. So, you know, the thing that was very beneficial to me being at St. Xavier is we had a lot of kids prior to me go play in college. So it was already kind of established that our high school was a good football program. Our coach, Steve Speck, was phenomenal about getting guys' names out um, 
after our junior year, you know, the recruiting rules are so much different back when I was playing. So after my junior year, I think is when everything kind of started. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it was really cool. It was, it was cool to feel like, you know, team, people wanted you. They wanted you on their team. And it was exciting from my perspective because, you know, you always want to play college. You want to play in high school and then you want to play college football and kind of have that opportunity to know that, you know, hopefully in a, a year or two, I'll be able to play college football. It was really cool. So it's busy. I enjoyed it a lot. You get to see a lot of really cool areas. You know, I went out and took a visit to Stanford. Never, I've really never been to California before. So I have the opportunity to go out there and see that campus. It was awesome. It's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. You know, I looked at Duke and in Wisconsin and ultimately ended up at, at BC. And I think the thing that really helped me about BC was we had, we had a couple guys that were on the team when I was being recruited. So a guy named Nick Larkin was, he was a fifth year senior when I was being recruited. So I, he was going to be gone when I got there, but he was a great guy to ask questions to and bounce ideas off of. And he came from the same area that I did. So there was some familiarity there. And then there was a second guy named Alex Albright. He was three years older than me in school. So he was a, he redshirted. So I was going to have two years of Alex with me at BC. So my freshman and sophomore year, Alex was going to be there. Uh, my parents and his parents knew each other. And Alex was great for me and a great resource for me, both during being recruited and while at school. And then Alex's parents were the same way for my, my mom and dad. I had a bunch of BC football school related questions for Alex. And then my mom and dad had, you know, how to be a parent of a kid that is 17 hours away at a college football program. So it was the best of both worlds, not even for me, but for my parents as well. So I enjoyed it up there. We had a great group of guys and uh, it was a lot of fun. Look, this is a question for, this can be a question for everybody, but if you, if football wasn't in the picture, well, you can choose one school around the country to go to, what would it be? Oh man, that is, a, that is a good question. I mean, <laughs> you know, I love, I love being outside. I love, I love fishing. I love hunting. I think something out there in, in Bozeman or north of Bozeman, Montana area mm. would have yeah. been really cool. That's, that's that way, that is actually that's, yeah. it's not it's not too yeah. much out there, but definitely gonna get that done. That's a good answer. Yeah. That was that's a yeah. very unique I, answer. <laughs> yeah, that would have been sweet, man. You think about it, you wake up, you go to school in the afternoons, you can go ski, then you know, once spring hits, you got the ability to go hiking, you got fishing. It's so it's so pretty out there, man. There's so much to do mm. in all seasons that you know, I don't know how much school I would have gotten accomplished. <laughs> what about y'all? From a lot of state out to UCLA, obviously, because I've always yeah, talked about that. Yeah, yeah. out west. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Definitely, I would probably want to go somewhere that's fun. I'd play somewhere in Florida, mm. like maybe UF, maybe U Tampa. You guys don't have like a lot of Notre Dame? No, we I'm sure it's probably similar to VC. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. We had so much fun at VC. You said if I couldn't pick VC again, where would I have gone? I would have resoundingly said VC. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I loved it out there, man. So well, yeah, all in Boston, so I guess yeah, it's a true. good time there. I know. Boston's a good city like that. Yeah, I've never Boston's been. a fun city. Um, I'd probably say like Oxford, something like that. Oxford would be cool. In England? Bro. Oh, <laughs> you would not no, I, I would want to go to Oxford and like live in England that and like PC answer. Dude. That is not a PC answer. I mean, he, I would have probably picked UCLA, but Connor picked UCLA. So we can go there together, man. Yeah, we said that before on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Kind of going back to like BC. Do you have like a memorable game or memorable year 
Like I, I know you were there freshman and junior year and left early. Was there like one of those years that you just loved more than the others, or a specific game? So shoot, that was my freshman year. You know, we I think I think it might have been week four or five, maybe. We so first two games we played Northeastern, which is a small school up there, and I think we played Kent State, and then we played Clemson at Clemson, which was awesome. I mean, Death Valley sick. And then we played a game. We had game day at, at BC and we played Florida State at night. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was an awesome experience. My first night game in college against Florida State um, at home under the lights. And, you know, you grow up, you know, you guys know how it is. Your first time you grow up and you play against some of these teams. It's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. And we played we played Florida State. We won the game. They had Christian Ponder. They had all kinds of skill position guys. They were stacked. So, we had a couple big goal line stands. We played really well on third down, had a couple big stops on the defensive side of the ball. So that was, I think, my first experience of, you know, how special college football is with the guys, kind of knew everybody by week five. We hadn't won a game in the ACC yet. We lost to Clemson. I think that was week three. So that was our first ACC win of the year at night at home on game day against Florida State. It was it was so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just something just caught my attention. He just said they played really good on third down, and that was what 13, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Are you uh, are you a savant in that sense? Like, do you remember like no, like plays like from a long time ago and stuff like that? No, I think I think everybody remembers it. I mean, you could probably talk back when you were in in in, in high school about certain situations, games you guys all played in. But I mean. That was just a really memorable game for us. And, you know, there's certain plays that that stick out and there's obviously other plays that you totally forget. But I just remember we played really well. We had a, we had a big goal line stop um, by our end zone in a tunnel. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was the most memorable play from that game. That we Yeah, Lonnie Pryor, who's their fullback, he was number 24. He had a run on third down. I think we stuffed him. And it was fourth down. I think it was a goal line stop on third or fourth down. That was a big stop for us because they were going in. We made a stop there, and the the place went crazy. Jeez. Momentum changed, and it really started kind of propelled us in the right direction for that game. So I'm glad we got a lot of defensive guys, and um, it was cool because that was my first big moment on the defensive side of the ball mm. in a big time game, and it was that that game was really special for us. We've only had one experience playing Boston College, and there were a total of zero fans. Um, <laughs> or at Boston College, there was zero fans. fans. I had a few fake fans. They were, yep, yeah. COVID year. It was probably the weirdest game uh, I've ever experienced because I remember they were pumping crowd noise into the game, and um, going into the halftime, they cut the crowd noise off, and it was like yeah, it was like, like a scrimmage. <laughs> like it was, it was the weirdest That's situation cool. ever. It was cold too. How there. many how many empty stadiums did you guys play in that year? Only one. That was the only one. Yeah, I was the only one. Really? Yeah. That was still very weird. Did we play there this year, though? Do anyone remember? No, VC's our senior oh, night. Oh, our senior night. Mm. That might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Got to uh, come to that, Luke. Pull up. Watch out. Yeah. Watch out. You still got some eligibility left. Who knows? I know. Strap <laughs> it up a little bit. Left the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously you guys played Notre Dame when you were there, right? So we played three times. Yeah. So what was like... Your experience against Notre Dame, who who were some of the like featured guys that Notre Dame had at the time and just like memories from the, yeah, that so, rivalry? So my freshman year we played at Notre Dame. You guys, you guys were stacked. Like you guys always are. You had, you know, Jimmy was the quarterback. Mm. Uh Jimmy Clausen, Kyle Rudolph was at tight end. 
Mm. Um, was Golden Tate on that team? Michael, Michael Floyd. I think I think Golden Tate was there. Yeah, Golden Tate was there, I believe. Um, you guys had I played against Tyler Eifert. Jeez, um, geez, Tyler Eifert and Kyle Rudolph in the same field, dude. It was cold. Yeah, both the Martins. Kyle, I think what's his name? Uh, These are all on the same team. Zach Martin's people on this. Yes, mm-hmm. Zach, Martin, Zach Martin was there. Man, it was cool. You know, you guys know that's a, you guys have a special place. I mean, mm. to say what you want about the BC Notre Dame rivalry, playing at Notre Dame's cool, man. It's 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 a historic place to play a college football game. We played back when it was grass, and I I love playing football on grass fields. And that was it reminded me of playing at home, just how the grass was the old school Midwest grass. Mm. I grew up watching Notre Dame. My grandpa was a huge Notre Dame fan. That was kind of like that the uh, Florida State game uh, my freshman year. We played Notre Dame at night at Notre Dame. And it's, you guys know how it is. It's, it's a special place. We, we, we never won. Um, we played you guys three times. We played twice up at Notre Dame um, and once at home. And you know that you guys know how that game is. It's a big, big rivalry. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking forward to it, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was a special place. I think that's, that's half the fun of playing in college in colleges. A lot of these stadiums are just so, so memorable for so many reasons. You look at Clemson, they have the rock that, you know, in the hill they run down. You guys is old school Notre Dame. Florida State obviously is super cool. We've got some really cool stadiums in the uh, in the ACC, and then you obviously get to the SEC. We never really played any of those schools, but they have some great traditions down there as well. So that was, that was cool to me. You grow up watching it. Everybody from Cincinnati came up for the game, and it was it was the epitome of a Midwest South Bend night, cold, <laughs> but I'd love on grass. That's my favorite. That's my favorite way to play football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah. we had a great time. Unfortunately, we never won, but um, it was a great experience. Why didn't you consider Cincy? That was my first offer. So Brian Kelly was head coach at UC when I was being mm-hmm. recruited. So they they were the first offer. I kind of just wanted to get out of Cincinnati and experience something new. So gotcha. that was another reason for heading up to DC. Look, you according to the stat as as you're talking, I looked it up. You had 14 tackles against us each time in all three games, and like, I think a couple tackles for loss in each one too. So Yeesh. and each game was like very very close. Was it? Yeah, mm. yeah. So the my freshman and junior year we played it close. My my sophomore year we played at home at BC and we got. It was it was tough. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. So obviously you had a great college career, a bunch of accolades, stuff like that. Get drafted high to Carolina. What was your like main priority or thought process going through your rookie year? And obviously it's different coming into college than going to the NFL. Like what was your sole priority or like main focus going into your NFL career after getting drafted? I think a lot of it is, you know, you want to go in there. And, and earn everybody's respect. And, you know, that's ultimately what it's about is all these older guys that have been in the league for seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years, you know, they've seen everything, they've been around the game and they ultimately just want to win. You know, if you've been in the league that long, you've made your money, you've seen a lot, you've seen young guys come and go and you know what makes a, a successful player. So I kind of saw that from the other side and heard it from a lot of the older guys that, you know, at the end of the day, really the only thing that matters is how well you can play and how much you can help the team, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, that was my sole purpose. My my rookie year was I'm going to help the team in any way I can, and I'm going to try to earn everybody's respect. And you do that by, you know, just, you know, the easy stuff, working hard, being on time, being accountable, and making plays when it's time to make plays. So 
that's kind of was my mission my rookie year and really every year I had in Carolina. But my rookie year, man, I didn't I didn't talk a whole lot. I was quiet. I was trying to find my lane and figure out where I fit in. But, you know, fortunately for us, we had a lot of really good older guys. Both, you know, Thomas Davis was one of yeah. our linebackers. Yeah. He helped me out a lot. But he was in obviously in my room, in the back of the room. And then throughout the whole team, we had, you know, Greg Olson, Ryan Khalil, Steve Smith, Jordan Gross, Cam, Charles Johnson was a defensive end. In every room in Carolina, every position room, we had an older guy that was established veteran that did everything the right way. And I think it it helped me a lot. And I think it helped our team a lot. We just had we had great leaders. And then the young guys that came in kind of fell in line and understood, all right, well, these older guys are setting the tempo and the tone of what's acceptable. We're just going to follow them. So it was a long way to say that, you know, my ultimate goal, my rookie year was to just come in, you know, and earn everybody's respect through just kind of how I handle my business. I want to talk about Cam Newton for a second because he gets drafted in yeah. thir- 13. Is that right? So uh, 11. 11. 11. So he was there before you actually. Yeah. And I remember he had like a great rookie season and all this stuff. And obviously there's always a bunch of controversy surrounding Cam, but everything that I've heard is just like a down to earth guy, yeah. good leader and everything like that. Um, how was it just playing with him and like the environment that he created and stuff like that? And obviously won MVP that one year and just yeah. being a part of the team with him. How was that? Oh, he's, he's the best. I love him. He's mm-hmm. so fun to be around. His energy is great. He loves football and he loves to compete. He's awesome. I mean, you know, the one thing there's there's a lot of things that Cam does that no one talks about. You know, he works extremely hard. He's there early, he's there late, you know. He is tough and he's probably top three or four guy as toughness wise that I played. Never complained, never yelled at teammates, never made excuses. He wore it on his sleeve and it was all about if we don't get it done, it's because I didn't play as well as I could have. He never blamed anybody. He never made excuses. But just great love for the game, competitiveness. And you know on Sunday, you're getting camp. You're getting everything mm-hmm. he's got. He's not afraid. He's going to run you over. He played He played the quarterback position like, like no one had ever seen it before, from his size to his athletic ability to his ability to push the ball down the field. And what everybody saw with him is who he was. He wasn't putting on a show for anybody. I loved him as a teammate. He's a great dude. He's tough as nails, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to play with him. You go through the 2015 season, 15 and one. Um, I remember the. I'm sorry, bringing this up. The game y'all lost wasn't that at Atlanta last game of the season. Yeah, Christmas was Christmas week. Yeah, that was week 16. So yeah, second to last game of the season. Gotcha. So obviously a great season. Win all these games. Get to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl week. And just leading up to that, like, what are your nerves like? What's your, where's your mindset at? And all this stuff. Cause it's like the pinnacle of football that you're about to have the opportunity to reach. The thing that was good is that we had two weeks to prepare, right? So you go, you know, you play in the NFC championship game and then they have two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. So tons of time to prepare, which I really enjoyed, but also a lot of time to wait, kind of like what you're dealing with right now with all your draft stuff. You've done everything you can do. You've prepared as well as you can. And now it's like, all right, now you just keep looking at the clock. The preparation side was cool. You know what's, you know what honestly is really cool about it is the media side of Super Bowl week. They have that big kickoff media, media night, and they had it at a uh, NHL arena. So I think it was the San Jose Sharks arena. So it was packed, man. I had never seen that many media people in my life. They introduced the whole team. That experience itself was, was so cool just to have all of our guys there 
answering tons of interesting questions from people that you don't normally get questions from international people. That to me was really neat. And then just, you know, when you walk on that field for that Super Bowl, you know, to warm up and stuff, it's not your normal yeah. group of people. You know, you go play in a game in Charlotte, you're going to see some people, you know, you go play in LA, there's going to be a couple of celebrities on the sidelines. When we played that Super Bowl, we walked out there on pregame and it was like, who's who of, of everybody game was in obviously San Francisco, you know, we saw Kevin Durant and Usher was out there and you start kind of looking around and you got to really focus back in and realize like, all right, well, like this is sick that we're seeing all these guys, but we got to lock in and understand like we're here to play football. And so, you know, you have that lead up, the preparation's cool. There's a lot of sit around and wait. Then you have the media day, which kind of starts the excitement of Super Bowl week. When you get to the city, you have your normal practice week and then you get on the field pregame and it's like, you know, like I said, Usher, Katie, all these all these guys are out there. And then once the ball snapped, it's like, like, all right, here we go. And I remember that first drive was like a blur. Right. It was so fast. You know, you're just kind of out there. I was like, man, I just need to get through this first series and then settle in. Um, but you realize, man, this is like the last game of the year, even more so than in the playoffs. It was it's very final. You know, that game was very final. You know, we need to win this game or it's gonna be a long offseason for us. And that's what it felt like the whole game was we got to make a count. We got to make a count. We got to make a count. And, you know, it was a, it was a great experience for us. Obviously we wish we would have, it would have went a little bit differently, but the energy and the finality of that game was, was what made it really special, but also very difficult. You talk about settling in, in the game, like what, at what point were you there and you just kind of realized, like, okay, this is the Super Bowl. Was it the warmups? Was it the very first contact? Or? I think, the first play of the game, like the first few plays, I don't really remember getting a ton of action. Like I didn't have any runs at me. I wasn't involved in the passing game. And for me, I was like a, a rhythm player. Like the sooner I can get in on a play, the better off I'm going to yeah. be. So it took a little while for me to settle in. I don't think it really happened until that second series of the game where I made a couple of plays in that second series. I'm like, all right, like I'm good now and settle in. Everything kind of slowed down for me. But that first that first series, man, what happened fast. And all, all, all my stuff was always like that when I was playing. Cause, cause you never know, you never know how the game's going to be. You never know how the players you're going to, you're going against are going to be, how they're going to play. What's their individual playing style. I mean, you can watch however much tape you want, but the first time that guard releases on you on a wide zone look, it's like, like, what's he feel like? Is he heavy? Is he physical? And for whatever reason, that game, it took like, took like into that second series to kind of figure it out. I mean, I think they went right down the field on that first series. They might have had six plays or so and they ended up kicking a field goal, but there was no action early in that first series. And I was like, I need something. I need to get hit. I need to make a play. I need to do something to kind of mm. get me to settle yeah. in and relax. And it didn't really happen until that second series. I don't, I don't remember actually. It's like, I think that's when it was, but it, it wasn't right away. Yeah. Obviously you've been to a number, a numerous amount of um, Pro Bowls. Can you talk about how like a days ago that was compared to the Super Bowl and um, the build up in that week? Because I hear like a lot of stories. Dudes come like to the Pro Bowl overweight or they just don't take it seriously whatsoever. So, yeah. Um, so when I was playing, it was you know we we still played football a little bit. It you know, it, it started like as the game progresses. If you win, you get a different amount of money than if you lose, right? Mm. So at the end of the at the end of the game. The game's always kind of ramped up because there's obviously there's money on the line, but it was three or four weeks, four weeks after the season, I think. And so, you know, some guys just 
you know, season ends, they're not really working out a whole lot. And most guys though show up ready to go in shape because at the end of the day, you don't want to be the guy that gets hurt because he's out of shape. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, the Super Bowl was in Hawaii the time that I went. And that was that was a really cool experience. First time in Hawaii. You get to meet a lot of really cool guys on a more casual basis. So, you know, it was after my it was after my second year. So I was still pretty fresh in the league and to have the opportunity to meet some of those guys was super cool. I mean, when I was there, Eric Berry was on our team, Terrell Suggs was on our team, Dominican Sue was on our team, and it was like all these dudes that I grew up watching and to be in the same locker room on the same side of the ball with them was just was just so cool for me. So dope. Yeah. Um and I feel like and this is going back to like what you were talking about the Super Bowl, just like with nerves and like having to settle and stuff like that. I feel like it's such an overlooked part of football and like big games. Like at the end of, at the end of the day we're all like competitors and stuff like that and like we're we've been preparing for this moment for so long whatever game it may be and super bowl obviously you're on a different routine different schedule and we're very routine-based athletes and like have to be on like a schedule to feel comfortable and i feel like it gets overlooked how important like settling into a game is and like how real that is like yeah. i felt it like i'm sure you did too like even but florida state like game, first yeah. game of the year like you're like this is our first live against a different team and like you get out there on the first time it's like okay i'm actually like in a game right now yeah like that's one thing that we always talk about with cam like and we never really talked to him about it but we always felt like if he could get in there and 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 knock someone early whether he's he's running the ball or he can hit somebody or do something man if if he ran the game early and got going it was like uh oh like like look out because then he settling in i just remember for him it was like that he could run the ball early, or even if he got hit early, I feel like he loved that contact side of the ball. Mm. And we'd watch, especially on the defense side of the ball, we sit on the bench and Cam would like truck someone or, or run through a guy for the first down. And we're like, all right, here we go. Mm. I yeah. think that's so cool how you talk about Cam, like his energy. Because in high school, I played, I actually played on his seven on seven team. And yeah. like having him, like kind of a lot of times, I mean, you know how the seven on seven circuit is, you playing like five and six games a day it's just like bro I'm like, we've been out here since 7 a.m and blah, blah blah it's just like he comes out and like every game it's like the last game it's like the, this is the only thing we're worried about right now and it's he brings a lot of energy and i could i could kind of see how him being on the team which is even if you don't want to do things like hit just him and his presence like would just make you want to all right i got it i got to at least do it for him you see what i'm saying yeah energy is contagious who's the king of it man he wouldn't let you if you were you were lacking energy, he was like, it's like you were a magnet for him. Right. Yeah. And like, and like spray you down. He's like, like an annoying energy. big brother. Spray <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, he's like the guy that like, you're like, bro, that. stop. But you know that he's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We were uh, at a 707 tournament in, actually in Georgia and we were playing his team next. And uh, we're on the same, like same field. I should not have cut it 50. What year? This is uh, our sophomore year. Okay, where, where where was y'all at? Like, I have to look at my snaps. Like uh, East, East Lake or something like that. East Lake, yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah, up in uh, Alatuna. So like up to Alatuna, yeah. <laughs> we're like playing. That's not that fields cut off fifty fifty. Yeah. So we're playing this other team, but we're like, he's coaching right, like right on our backs. So uh-huh. we're like turning around, talking trash to him. He's turning around, talking trash to us. Then the whole time we're playing, like we're just yapping at him. He's yapping at us. He's like. <laughs> Run yeah, across the field, throwing the, flag, <laughs> uh, throwing the flags and stuff. It was crazy. Everybody, I mean, obviously, yeah. Luke, you'd definitely be able to speak on this more than any of us, but everybody kind of looks at him as like a bad guy kind of character because of all the 
all the trash talk and all the the outwardness you can be but like i honestly i feel like that's just more of a i mean that's just personality like yeah, I, you just know, want to get some going yeah, yeah there's no yeah. bad intentions behind it i mean what do you what do you think i love him man he's, yeah. he's the best like everybody that we played with this would say the same thing about him he's such a good guy for young guys so talk to anybody is he's just such a good energy guy and you guys saw him like what you guys saw at that seven on seven camp is who he is mm. Loves yeah. the game, loves energy, loves to compete, loves to go back and forth, doesn't take things personally, just wants to go out there and have a good time and compete. And that's who Cam is at the end of the day. And like you said, sometimes, you know, sometimes he gets ragged for stuff that doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, the guy, the guy will compete. The guy's tough as nails. The guy works super hard and his energy and love for football is, is, is fantastic. So any of the guys that, that we played with, when cameras in Carolina probably say, always say the same thing. Nice. I believe it. I definitely I feel like that's so like annoying the day and age we live in. The media can create a persona about somebody and then everybody kind of buys into it. Same thing with like yeah. like Odell. Like guys like around the NFL love Odell. Like have been in locker with him, say he's a great guy. Like I was talking to Wu, one of our uh old teammates, he plays for the Browns and was with Odell when he was on the Browns. He was like great dude, like one of the best locker room guys, but obviously the media has a different tone what they like say about him stuff like that um as far as like the prima donna right all that stuff and it kind of sucks because it's not what people really are and doesn't even not even worth their time to try to justify who they really are Mm -hmm. i just thought about something um speaking of odell were you on the team when uh all the odell josh norman stuff happened in new york yeah, that was, that was that game was intense. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I forgot all about that. You're talking yeah, about crazy. Two guys going at it. Josh and Odell went at it all game, man. And it was, you know, there was build up to that week. You know, we challenged Josh. Like, Josh, you got you got Odell. Like, you got to make it count. You got to. We're gonna we're gonna have you on him all game. Third down, we're gonna press him. We're gonna have to play some man. We'll bring some help, but it's you on him all game. And Josh, man, Josh was such a competitor that he loved that. Like he wanted, he wanted to be on an island. He wanted to be by himself. I don't need help. I'll play man all game on him. Like wherever he lines up, I'm going. So we gassed him up all week. And then the game came around and like they started like they made eye contact in pregame. And I was like, oh my God. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> and they started going at it. And we were up big. We were up big. And they started coming back and like the momentum was shifting. Like we went from being, we're going to run away with this game. We're going to stomp them out to like, uh Oh, like it's starting to, the tides are starting to, to change a little bit. Odell caught a ball, started barking at Josh. Josh started barking at him and it was, and then it ultimately uh, came to, came to a head there with, that they had that little scrum there, we'll yeah. call it a scrum. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, was, I think that was in the fourth quarter. So man, it was just two guys going going at it all game. That's and it was, you know, it and being on the field, the energy between those two guys, like you could just feel it. Like yeah. lining up on each other. You know how it is, Cam. Like when you're playing, when you're playing corner and they're receiver, you might have a if he's playing backside X, you might have a front side run. And you got nothing to do with the play. Nothing else to do with the and play. it's like you kind of just, just jog over there. But they were like fighting every play. Like, I'm going to play quarters. I'm going to play quarters. And I'm going to press. Like, third time. What? Third time. Like, just whatever the play is. They were mad at a play. 
that whole game. And it was like, you know, it was kind of one of those things with Josh was like, man, just let Josh be Josh to a certain extent, but he did a really good job. He played great that game. It was an ultimate battle. Um, but that was one of those games you look back and like, dang on like that, that almost got like, it got out of hand, but it could have gotten really out of hand. Right. Well, now, so before this, we were, lo- I was looking up like you up so I can get all the accolades. Right. And one of the first things that stuck, I was like, He's probably the nicest dude off the field, but so mean on the field. So what does some of your trash talk sound like? Oh, if you man. could say like that. half the stuff you guys know, like half the stuff you say, you don't really realize what you're saying. <laughs> you, get off, you get off the field and like guy on your team's like, bro, what did you just say? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> like I have no, I have no idea. Like, and then you see guys, the league is so small. You see a lot of guys in the off season. You're like, buddy, like, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any like specific uh, like running backs that you went at like went at it with like a lot over the years? So we played, you know, inside your division, man. You see all those guys so often that it's like you kind of you have there's a very mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Um, The one guy that was man was always a beast was Marshawn. Everything he he played, every play was the same for him. Played hard, and how he was built was so he was so difficult to figure out how to tackle, you know, he was big and thick and strong and he had a big waist. He had a really big, really big, like trunk. He was thick, big, like his chest to his back. He was kind of like, I don't know if he was bow legged or something, but <laughs> there was nothing on him that was like easy, like to wrap up on. Yeah. And he loved, and he was one of those guys, you guys know how certain guys run the ball when you get close to him. That stiff arm comes out and they want you at distance. Mm-hmm. Marshawn was so powerful and strong. And he had such good body bounce and ability to like sink into his hips that he'd let you get close to him, almost on him. He'd get he'd sink down and then he'd push off and extend. And then yeah. it was like it was like a piston coming out of there. And so he was he was always so hard to play against. He was big, he was strong, he was a big body. He ran so physical and he ran like at you. Like, I'm coming at you. But then the thing that was also tricky about him is you didn't know you didn't know where he was going to be. Like, his running style was so unique and different that he didn't move in a normal movement pattern. So you'd go up and try to and try to approach him and get on him. And he'd be here and then he'd be there. Like, his ability to move laterally and then linearly was, was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a sneaky – he had, like, a sneaky amount of shape. So he'd come at you, he'd come at you, he'd come at you, he'd come at you. And then like the third or fourth time, he'd give you like a little little shake and get your feet to stop. And then his ability to burst was really good. Mm. So then he could, he could kind of get away from you on that. And then the next time you go up on him, you're kind of sitting, waiting for that shake. Mm. And then he puts your shoulder down. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're, just going, you're just going for a ride. So like, I'll tell you what, Kyle, that's one thing when you when you get in there, when you play teams – Make sure you watch the backs, like because each guy is going to have two or three different backs. And when you get in the game and you watch these guys, like you play, you play the Saints, man. Like when you go play Kamara, he's going to run the ball differently than the next guy. And so, have an approach on how you tackle those guys is key. But with Marshawn, man, it was like you better bring it and you better hold on because you hit him, you hit him the wrong way, you're gonna you're gonna go for a ride. <laughs> now that makes sense. Uh, ask the 2010 Saints. When he uh, up. in the wild card game, <laughs> actually, it was crazy. It was crazy the way you the way you were talking about that and how he's pushing off on people. All I could think about was the stiff arm he had on. Um, who was Jesus, that, bro? Who was that? 
in the on the Saints game. Never heard of him after that play. Like I never heard of him after that play. <laughs> no, he's still Dude, so many man. people like so disrespectful. It was just I just remember being 11, 10 years old and watching that. And I grew up a Saints fan. And I just kind of remember watching that play, yeah. and I was just sitting in my living room, just like, how did he do that? Like I rewinded it, just rewind. I was like, how does this even happen? And he honestly, was just powerful. Yeah, this powerful just didn't make no sense. Listen. Did he talk trash? I feel like he, I feel like Marshawn would talk about trash. Quiet. Really? He was quiet? He's one of those, yeah, he's quiet, man. Everybody that I talked to that played with him loved him. Loved mm, him. Absolutely yeah. loved him. See that. Yeah, I would not have thought that he was quiet. Uh, I thought that he was quiet. I feel like was talking extra, wow. extra trash. <laughs> yeah. Just um, he was quiet, loved football, played so hard, man. Like, he was he was a lot of fun to play against. So, obviously, um, you retired quite recently. How's life post-football then? It's been good, man. I'm trying to figure out kind of what that path looks like. I still miss the game. I miss playing. I miss being around all the guys. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I got a lot of a lot of things I got to figure out. And one of them is kind of what I'm doing next. So in 20, 2020, I worked with the team in the scouting department. That was really, that was really pretty cool. Um, you get to learn about how the teams really work. Because, you know, when you're playing, you think you understand it. You know, you think you understand salary cap and free agency and the draft. But until you get up there and you're in it, you don't really understand what all goes into it. So to have the opportunity to do that with those guys was a lot of fun. Last year, I uh, like like I said earlier, I loved to hunt and fish. So like last mm-hmm. fall, last summer fall, and kind of into the spring, that's what that was about. And then now it's like, all right, boom, I need to try to find a way to get back involved with football because I feel I feel like that's what I really enjoy. I feel like I still have some something to give in the football in the football space. So I'm trying to figure out what that looks like right now. I'm trying to have different conversations with people and find out what the right path to do that is. But Mm -hmm. I think if hopefully within the next little while here, I can, I can dial in on what I want to do, but I think right now it's looking like maybe football. Yeah. (laughs) We had a pile of one, our former quarterbacks, uh, Brandon Wimbush, and he was talking about like life post football and how it can be hard on the mental because that's how we know for majority of our lives. I'm not sure if that's the, if that stands true for you, but we always talk about like, how we want to approach not playing football ever again. And if you have any tips, what would that be? I think a lot of it is you just, just think about kind of the structure side of what football gives you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much know for your next six months, you guys know exactly what you're going to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then into the season, you like, you guys probably know exactly what football schedule is going to look like. You don't, you know what you got to do to get ready for training camp, for games, for practices, you know, where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing pretty much, you know, down to, down to the hour for the most part. And so when you wake up, man, it's like, boom, this is what I'm going to do today. This is how I'm going to be successful. And then when you get done playing, a lot of that's kind of gone, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's the biggest thing is what, what kind of structure gives you, you know, a meaningful purpose and how to, how to recreate that on a day-to-day basis. So I think a lot of guys kind of go through that when they get done playing of, of how can I, how can I create structure and what, what that structure looks like for me. So, I've got, I, I have a pretty good routine day to day, but the structure side, I think for a lot of guys to get done playing is most, one of the most important things. What would you say you've carried over from football in order to, into uh, life after ball? I just think, I think there's so much that football provides. You know, you look at, you look at the relationship side of football and the ability to meet guys that you wouldn't normally meet. You know, I grew up in Ohio in a small private old boys school. And then from the time playing, you meet guys from East coast, West coast, North, South, black, white, different political views, different religious views, different views on life. And you just realize how like, you know, 
special and powerful the relationship side of sports are. So I think that's number one. I think number two is is just the ability to be accountable. And when you play football, man, somebody's always relying on you, whether it's on the field or in a meeting room or if you have a charity event. People are always relying on you and that accountability factor, I think, is something that you learn from an early age. And then I just think, you know, your your ability to be resilient and 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 deal with and deal with failure and deal with loss. Cause I think you can learn a lot about yourself, the guys around you, how to come back from stuff like that. Because, you know, every, every day, every practice, you're going to, you're going to lose, right? You're going to lose a rep. You're going to, you're going to get beat in an off season mat drill. You're not going to hit a weight you want on a max day. And like that stuff in my mind, that stuff's all okay. As long as you learn, learn from it. Why didn't I hit that weight? Why did I get beat? Why didn't, you know, why did, why did my technique get compromised on that play? So to me, it's a really powerful tool that if you use the right way, it can help you a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that football can teach you if you let it just from the relationship and accountability and the ability to, to deal with stuff after, after a loss or after a failure. And then, you know, the ability to enjoy it with other people, I think, is what makes it special as well. So there's a lot. I love the game of football. I think it's taught me a lot. I think it's taught a lot of people a lot. And, you know, I love that I had the opportunity to do it. This is a question just like going through the draft process that like every team has asked. And I kind of want to hear your answer to it. What In your mind, what's the worst part about football? Wow. Did they ask this, by the way? Do you remember them asking no, this? No, the worst, the worst part about football Damn, that's tough, bro. How did you say? I said injury because it's like I said injury because you work so hard to like achieve this goal and something you love and it's taken away from you out of your hands and stuff like that. Good answer. Yeah, Someone told I, you think, that I think a lot of it is, you know, in college, you, you guys like your team is there, right? Regardless of how a guy plays is going to be there. I think the most difficult part is when that roster turns over every year, mm-hmm. when you've got a guy that you spend a year or two with and you spend all off season with, and you know, he's a wife and a family and then roster cut down. So he just, he's cut, right. And gets fired essentially. That to me is the most difficult part of, of football is knowing that sometimes these guys do everything right, but it just doesn't work out for whatever reason, numbers in the position group, or they need a different guy at a different position. To me, that's, that's the most difficult part is knowing that, you know, there's 90 guys on 90 guys at a training camp. And then at, at the end of training camp, there's, there's 53 on the active and 10 on the practice squad. So, you know, that a majority of these guys aren't going to be here. And to me, that's the most difficult part because a lot of them deserve to be on it for whatever reason, they just aren't able to make the team that year. So I think that's, that stinks. I think. What do you got to think about like, Obviously, injuries are probably worse, but like a broken locker room. I've never really, we've, I've never really experienced that. Because you spend so much time in the locker room. Yeah, I feel like even here, not even a broken locker room. I would say a clicky locker room because there's been times when the locker room, like this past year and this year, yeah, this past year, there's been times when the locker room is full of like different personalities, but we all are pretty close. But there's been times when there's like guys clicks and lock leave practice and then it's just like, yeah, you, know, you leave campus and you don't see these guys until – yeah, practice. And I feel like that's kind of the league. You think so? Well, yeah. Well, I, I, think, like I think I think the locker room, yeah, a lot of guys will go home after practice and stuff just because they have kids and families and stuff. But the best teams that I've been on in Carolina were 
were where we had the best guys, guys that enjoyed being around each other, guys that, you know, on Saturdays after walkthrough for playing away game, they stick around and they play cards and they shoot basketball and they hang out in the training room and watch and watch college football together. Those are the best locker rooms. And I think that's that just kind of makes football that much more special when you have, you know, you got 53 guys, your 10 practice squad guys, and then your training room, equipment room, strength guys. When all those guys get along and there's synergy between all of them, that's when that's when things are special. And that's when it really gives you just a, a leg up on the teams that you play against, knowing that everybody in your locker room enjoys being around each other, cares about each other, enjoys people's company. They're willing, they're willing to help each other when, you know, a guy's going through something. Those are your special locker rooms. And I agree, Tam, if if you don't have that feel in your locker room, I think I think you miss out on some on some of the special aspects of football. All right, so we're going to go towards wrapping up now. We're moving on to outside the garage. Um, this question comes from Maggie Schmidt. If you had a song to describe your college experience, what would it be? Girl, I listen to too much music for this kind of question. <laughs> it was tough. Hardest question you've gotten. Luke, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, I'll go, go first. So I don't know if it epitomizes uh, my college experience, but so we, my freshman year, we had to wake up at, like 4 30 for workouts because we were the first group in the off season it was terrible so we like went through some different alarms and we didn't like any of them because you woke up at 4 30 you're like gosh man i hate my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> but this is terrible so we settled my roommate jake Sinkov and i Sinkovec and i settled on um only time by enya you heard that song only time I don't know. Right, how's that go how's that go Oh man, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta sing, sing it. it. Gotta <laughs> sing. I can't sing it. Like, you, you can't even sing it. You guys gotta listen to it. Only time. But, okay. And it was like, we woke up in the morning and like, it like made us happy in the morning before we got beat down. It's 4 30 in the morning. It's just in a day. It's 4 30 in the morning pre beat workout beat down music. Like, oh, I've heard this before. Right. Yeah. This is the song yeah. you guys are <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so funny. Yeah, like, right, that gets you that can get you up in the morning and like not get you totally one in the <laughs> That is hilarious. I think I would sleep through that. <laughs> okay, don't worry, you guys know how um we had that and then we had like we we set four of them so i sent one on my phone he sent one on his phone i sent one on my alarm clock which was that and then he set one so we were so paranoid about oh, like yeah. showing up late to a workout and <laughs> whatever we got to do to make yeah. sure that we're up we'll do it four or five times in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah man so you just don't want to yeah. you don't want to do that <laughs> job song i was gonna say either it was kanye i was gonna say either i wonder like Kanye or family business. I feel like uh, I like this. I like family business because I mean we all live in this house and there's a lot of things that we say and do under this roof that a lot of people wouldn't know about us. So hey, not, yo. not even on bro. I'll probably say phases by gunner for slime season one. Okay. Um, okay. Phases because I feel like each year you take you take with you what you want. You leave with you what you. We leave what you don't want. I feel like it's just every year's growth, every day's growth, every week's growth. So, phases. Mm. So this isn't like the lyrics aren't really like why I'm taking this. So our freshman year, the summer that you played called Wolf, 
Uh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So it was like the song that we played in our freshman, because we all were in the same dorm our freshman year in the summer, um, going into our freshman year. And KJ and Kai were roommates, and they would, uh, they had like this big speaker, and they'd always play this song called Wolf, and it was, I don't even know what genre that is. Scott, no clue like, what that is. It's like indie yeah, or something. Yeah. Right <laughs> and like, we don't, like, we didn't play it for a while, but whenever... Like one of us plays a song, like you always like think back to that. So I'd probably say that it's just cool, man. brings music, back a lot of memories. Takes you back sometimes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like every time I hear my uh, my four thirty wake up song, waking up, man. I feel like after we leave, if we have if we hear sweater weather, we're probably going to think yeah. about it some yeah. good times yeah. here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's going to sound very, very corny. Don't say yeah. eat. Bro. No, no, I'm not going to say. <laughs> um, we are young, but fun. No. Why? What do we ever listen to? That's just what I thought of. We're young. We bonded over that song when you were at UVA, by the way. Uh, my fault. Disclaimer. I don't know. Maybe I mean I might need some more time on that one. We have a little segment where we've been calling it 25, 30 under a minute. It's really just yes or no questions. Answer as fast as you can or as slow as you want. There is no there is no real time limit. But Give your first thought, give your first answer, your first thoughts to the question, and just roll with it. You ready? Yep. All right. So the first question I'm going to go with is coffee or energy drink? Coffee. Who would you rather have on your team, Ray Lewis or Lawrence Taylor? Oh, Lawrence Taylor, because if Ray was on our team, I wouldn't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about that. (laughs) Um, Are naps overrated? No, man. Not after a 5.30 workout. (laughs) Uh, Spring or fall? Oh man, I'm I'm gonna go fall. I'm gonna go fall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the hardest sport in your mind? Golf. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible. Right there. I love I love playing, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, raise a family on the beach or in the city? On the beach. Which number do you prefer? Number forty or fifty nine? Oh man, 40. 40 was my first football number ever back when oh. I was playing in grade school. So I got. Oh, did you that. wear that from grade school all the way through college? No, I bounced around a little oh, bit. When I got to BC, they gave me 40. I'm like, man, this is kind of cool. It's my first number oh, ever. <laughs> Chipotle or Chipotle? Chipotle. I'm going to go Chipotle. I'm going to go mm. Chipotle and get more food that way. Country or jazz? Oh, man. I'm going to go country. Mm. Uh, would you rather have two interceptions or four sacks in a game? Two interceptions. Fishing or camping? Fishing. Mm. If you had an opportunity, first place you travel to in Europe? Normandy. Mm. Uh, interesting. Wow. Historic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Madden or 2K? Madden. Thai food or barbecue? Barbecue. Do you like to fit in the pass more or the run? The run all day. <laughs> <laughs> Fight an alligator on land or a lion in the water? Are you else? <laughs> <laughs> a line in the water I think, an, al- I think an alligator because I feel like you could you could at least not get eaten I think I like the line in the water you're gonna die regardless <laughs> yeah true <laughs> but this fun fact alligators run 30 miles per hour I was thinking that I'm like yeah, yeah but they can run straight but they can't go yeah, straight yeah like, true that's true, 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 true. So you can run in a circle and you never get you <laughs> a line though I feel like the see line that sounds pretty dominant. easy but would it, would it be easy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can't go sideways? I mean, they can go sideways, but they're, it would take longer for them to do. Oh, we should try it out. Like, it'd, be like turning, like, it'd be like turning a coach bus in a circle. It'd be take forever. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. I feel you. I feel you. All right, what's um best show of all time? Guys, we just, we're thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best show of all time, in your opinion? 
you know, I, I was on Game of Thrones for a long time. That one's really good. That's the most <laughs> yes, recent sir. one. But, you know, people are going to say Seinfeld or Friends, but I loved Game of Thrones. Mm, that's a good. One. Favorite cheat day meal? Pizza all day. Mm. Favorite kind of pizza? Supreme. I want everything on it. Your pineapples belong on pizza. Pepper. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want pineapple on it. Right, I just right, want yeah. meat and veggies on it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't play football, what sport would you play? Lacrosse. I played lacrosse in high school. Mm, okay. okay. Uh, phone call or FaceTime? I like FaceTime more. Got you. What's the last thing you cooked? Oh, I cooked. Uh, I cooked a steak last night. Really good. All right. So the last question. In your opinion, who's the most underrated player? It could be right now or who you've played with. Levante David. Mm. Mm. Good answer. Linebacker, linebacker for Tampa, man. That dude, go look at his numbers, man, and what he's been able to do. Turn like force some turnovers, sacks, interceptions, tackles, TFLs. The dude's way legit. He just doesn't, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done down there. Just consistency for such a long time. And he's a great dude. So Levante David in my book deserves more credit than he gets. I'm out one more. Would you rather live in Charlotte or Cincy? Oh, that's a tough question. I love I love Charlotte, but I'm from Cincinnati. So if my parents watch this, I gotta stay neutral. <laughs> I might get in trouble. <laughs> Good answer. That's all we got for you, Luke. Appreciate you coming on. Um Yeah, appreciate it. Paul. Thank you for coming on. Um, hope Absolutely. to see you soon, connect soon. Um, but appreciate it. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys for listening this week. Um, we will see you all next time. Appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks, guys.